On this episode of It's Only a Matter of Distillation, Japanese whiskey and a visit to the Nikka Whiskey Distilling Company's Miyagikyo Distillery up over in Sendai, Japan. Welcome one and all. Before we dive right into the subject of whiskey, it would be relevant to talk a little bit about the philosophy that stands behind the craft of the Japanese. Many Japanese craftswomen and craftsmen who are masters at their craft are recognized as being no less than national treasures. It is to say that it's not the objects resulting from their craft that are of importance, but rather the will and the emotions that lead the process on the path to the concrete result of the artistic practice. The thought and the care overcome what's tangible but still emanate from the created works of art. Thus, this is what makes several Japanese masters, be it at calligraphy, woodwork, ceramics, washi paper, and at many other crafts, national treasures. And it is the same regarding whiskey making. Master distillers and master blenders are no exception. What is distilled on a particular day, put into two identical barrels on the same day by the same person, and stored in the exact same conditions for the same period of time, will render distinct results in the face of the blenders if they truly are mindful of their assessment of the contents of the said barrels. It's with this almost scientific approach and attention that the Japanese craft innovates, slowly, with great care, but surely. And as Dave Broom, master at writing about whiskey, brilliantly states, that is the way of the whiskey for the Japanese. In 1918, supported by Setsu Shuzo, a beverage company manufacturing sake and shochu which wants to give into whiskey, Masataka Taketsuru travels to Scotland to learn all about whiskey making. He studies chemistry at Glasgow University, takes on apprenticeships at three well-known whiskey distilleries, namely Longmorn, James Calder and Hazelburn, and thus becomes the first Japanese man to possess the know-how and the skills to produce whiskey. He then comes back home two years later with his wife, who he met and married in Scotland, a lassie named Jessie Roberta Cohen, who we remember as Rita Teketsuru, only to find out, with the economic post-war recession going on, that Setsu Shuzo has abandoned its plans to start producing whiskey. One year later, Masataka Taketsuru will find himself hired by Kotobukiya, 
the Suntory multinational beverage precursor, to oversee the building of the Yamazaki distillery in Shimamoto in between Kyoto and Osaka. He will work alongside Yamazaki's founder, Shinjiro Tori, for a decade before choosing to go out on his own and create his company, Dai Nippon Kaju, which translates as the Great Japanese Juice Company. He then will start to search for the ideal place to establish his first distillery. After traveling north and ending up on Hokkaido, where the coastline makes him and his sweet Rita dream about Scotland, and where the climate is very much alike, cool, with crisp air, and with the appropriate humidity, Yoichi Distillery will be born. It is then 1934. Yoichi will launch its very first whiskey in 1940. And it is in 1952 that he will change the company name to Nikka, using the ni of Nippon and the ka from Kaju, creating the Nikka Whiskey Distilling Company Limited. On a recent trip to Japan, I had the opportunity to visit the Miyagikyo Distillery in Sendai, north of Tokyo but still on the island of Honshu, which is the second distillery of the Nikka Whiskey Distilling Company and was established in 1969. 180 people are employed by the distillery to ensure the smooth running of the whiskey-making operations. Masataka Taketsuru had a wish, an ideology according to which the cornerstones of the distillery should be the sharing of knowledge, tasks, abilities and responsibilities among all with little hierarchy. He worked hard to foster great versatility and a strong sense of family among his workers, which is something very rare to encounter among co-workers of any organization in Japan, as it's not really part of the culture, and it has been passed from employee to employee ever since. All of the 180 staff members have developed solid nosing and tasting abilities, as well as the capability to take on many tasks around the distillery. This enables them to fully understand the production of whiskey, from the preparation of the wort and fermentation, to packaging and delivery of the spirit to be sold on the market. Whiskey making begins at Miyagikyo with the preparation of the wort and its fermentation into 22 stainless steel fermentation vessels. Once the grain is mixed to the water, the yeast is added and the wort will sit for 48 to 60 hours, the time for the sugar to transform into alcohol before being distilled. The Miyagikyo distillery is in operation 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 11 months out of 12. The outside air temperature is so hot in July, the humidity so overwhelming, and the still produce so much heat while working, that it would hardly be tolerable for the employees working in the still houses. Instead, maintenance and cleaning of the equipment is what's taking place over the month of July.
Once fermentation is done, the wort is at about 8% alcohol by volume, and it is with the distillation process that the alcohol level will be increased. This is done by getting the wort through stills. At the Miyagikyo distillery, two types of stills are in use. There are the pot stills, which are made out of copper, heated with steam, and work in batches. These produce the heavier kinds of spirits. There are also two coffee column stills, which provide continuous distillation and give out much lighter spirits in character. The coffee stills are heated with coal. When distilled in pot stills, the wort will undergo two distillations. It's going to go through the wash still first and end up in the receiver at about 25% of alcohol by volume. This is what we call the low wines. The latter will then pass a second distillation in the spirit still and this is where and when, in the process, that the alcohol by volume will be maximized. The collected spirit will then usually contain up to between 80 and 94.8% of alcohol by volume. Regarding distillation with the continuous coffee stills, the process is similar to the distillation in pot stills in the sense that what is happening is almost the same as a double distillation in pot stills, but done continuously instead of in batches. Allow me to explain. The wort will pass through a first column, the analyzer column, built with between 20 to 40 perforated plates once vaporized. The heat is so intense in the still that the wort that enters the column in the liquid state of matter and sits on the different plates will soon enough be transformed into vapor and start going up in the column through the multiple holes in the plates. Once it will have traveled through the entire column, a vapor pipe will bring it to the second column, the rectifier column, where the alcohol by volume will reach its highest point, up to 94.8% of alcohol by volume. The vapor will then be turned back to the liquid state of matter, going through the condenser and be collected in the spirit's receiver. Once distillation has been completed, the new make spirit has to be put into barrels for aging. To be considered a fully fledged whiskey, the spirit has to be no less than 40% of alcohol by volume and to have been aged in oak barrels for a minimum of three years. At Miyagi-kyo's, new oak barrels, oak barrels that have previously been used for maturation or cask finishes, a quick note before we go on, Maturation can go on for years, whereas cask finishes only last for a few months with the precise desire to impart a specific aroma to the spirit. Now, back to the barrels. 
Miyagi-kyo also uses barrels which have previously held bourbon or sherry to obtain the flavor profiles anticipated by the distillery's master blender. For the first few years of maturation, new oak will confer kind of a heavy character to the whiskey and sharp bitterness. The whiskey will then refine itself as the years pass by. Oak barrels, which will have been previously used for the maturation of bourbon, will infuse the whiskey with notes of vanilla, coconut, brown sugar, and slight caramel. As for ex-sherry butts, they are known to impart chocolatey notes to the whiskies they bring to life. Dark chocolate, milk chocolate, mocha, and also black fruit, like blue plum, that tends to be present in these whiskies. On site at the Miyagikyo distillery, we can count 16 warehouses where 50,000 barrels filled with whiskey are currently aging. These buildings are what we call dunnage warehouses. They are short buildings of substantial length with very thick brick walls standing on earthen floors with many small windows. The barrels stored in these facilities are stacked no more than three barrels in height to allow for optimal air circulation as it will have a significant impact on the maturing spirit, speeding up the aging process as contrasts in temperature occur. As I previously said, it takes a minimum of three years of maturation in an oak cask for the grain spirit to be considered whiskey. And as the years go by, the master blender and his teammates will, from time to time, browse through all the barrels in the storehouses and taste their contents, closely monitoring the changes in the whiskies to keep trace of their evolution and see where this is all hidden in terms of aromas and flavor. When the master blender decides that the whiskey is fully ready for consumption by the public, he has to decide whether the distillery will be releasing it as a single cask bottling or in a blend. An interesting thing here is that most consumers don't know that when there is an age written on the label, if it doesn't carry a mention that the contents of the bottle comes only from a specific cask, a single cask that is, the whiskey filling the bottle is actually a blend of whiskies coming from many different barrels and the age appearing on the label corresponds to the age of the youngest whiskey part of the blend. The whiskey will then be packaged and sent out for delivery to the liquor stores which carry the brand. As far as Japanese whiskies go, there currently are on the market many more whiskies that don't carry an age statement than whiskies that do. It is best explained by the fact that consumption of whiskey by the population in Japan literally has exploded since the 80s. 
This situation was unprecedented and the industry wasn't prepared to provide enough to meet as high a demand. As a result, all supplies of aged whiskies, let's say from 20 years and older, have run out. There are no more. And to make a 20-year-old whiskey, it takes 20 years. And to make a 30-year-old whiskey, well, it takes 30 Japanese distilleries are in operation 24-7 to build stock in warehouses that will sleep for many years. But they still have to earn revenue to ensure the pursuit of operations and get on with the marketing of their brands to stay in the sun. Now, some people tend to think that whiskies with no age statements are not as good nor as high in quality as whiskies with an age written on their labels. This actually is a misleading belief. Distilleries don't narrow down their production standards when making no-age statement expressions. They use the same care when selecting the barrels for the blends. They only will use younger whiskies. The average age of whiskies part of them blends will often be around six or eight years old. Trust me, these truly are whiskies worth discovering and paying attention to. I won't ever say it enough. You could be very surprised. Now, I want to leave you on an artsy note. This trip I took to Japan made me rediscover the art of the haiku, these very short poems that describe fleeting moments in life. So I want to say to you, the whiskey to be, from which the scent fills the room, promises a trip. And I really want to say thank you for listening. And I want to give you all my best. Until next time. Kampai.